Viewpoint on Mormonism, the program that examines the teachings of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints from a biblical perspective. Viewpoint on Mormonism is sponsored by Mormonism Research Ministry. Since 1979, Mormonism Research Ministry has been dedicated to equipping the body of Christ with answers regarding the Christian faith in a manner that expresses gentleness and respect. And now, your host for today's Viewpoint on Mormonism. Welcome to this edition of Viewpoint on Mormonism. I'm your host, Bill McKeever, founder and director of Mormonism Research Ministry, and with me today is Eric Johnson, my colleague at MRM. If you were listening to our show last week, you know that we were talking about what many Latter-day Saints feel is really the superiority of the Book of Mormon over the Bible. In fact, I was citing Mormon Apostle Orson Pratt, who lived in the 19th century, who said that the nature of the message in the Book of Mormon is such that if true, no one can possibly be saved and reject it. If false, no one can possibly be saved and receive it. It was mentioned also by Joseph Fielding Smith, the 10th president of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, that the Book of Mormon also contains the fullness of the gospel. And he said, by fullness of the gospel is meant all the ordinances and principles that pertain to the exaltation in the celestial kingdom. To explain more clearly what he means by that, Joseph Fielding Smith believes that exaltation in the celestial kingdom would be what most Latter-day Saints refer to as true salvation. There is a salvation by grace, but that is merely understood as being resurrected from the dead. If you want true salvation, that is something that must be worked for and must be obtained by living a life of faithfulness until you die. But another statement that we cited was one made by Joseph Smith himself. Joseph Smith, of course, being the founder of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, originally known in 1830 as merely the Church of Christ. But Joseph Smith made this interesting statement that can be found in the History of the Church, Volume 4, page 461. Now, I want to make a clarification here. There are two sets of the History of the Church. One is known as the Comprehensive History of the Church. This is a six-volume set. But the one we are citing from today is the Documentary History of the Church, which is known as the, the Blue Version, because the hard copies of the Documentary History of the Church were blue. And this one has seven volumes. This is what we are citing from today. History of the Church, Volume 4, page 461. This is what Joseph Smith said on November 28, 1841. He said, I spent the day in the council with the twelve apostles at the house of President Young, conversing with them upon a variety of subjects. Brother Joseph Fielding was present, having been absent four years on a mission to England. I told the brethren that the Book of Mormon was the most correct of any book on earth and the keystone of our religion, and a man would get near to God by abiding by its precepts, than by any other book. Now, Bill, that is stressed in the Church News, which was put out by the LDS Church on January 3rd, 2004, so the first issue of the year. On page 3, it says, There seems to be no end to the enthusiasm members feel for the Book of Mormon, the most correct of any book on the earth, the book that will lead a man, quote, closer to God by abiding by its precepts, than by any other book, end quote. Now, what we were talking about last week was 
the the phrases that Joseph Smith uses by abiding by its precepts, its, of course, being the Book of Mormon, when he says, then by any other book, would we assume that that means the Bible? It would seem so. Would that even assume that it may mean the Doctrine and Covenants, which is unique scripture to the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints? When Joseph Smith said it's the most correct book on earth and a man would get nearer to God by abiding by its precepts, I think it's fair to ask, in light of what Joseph Fielding Smith, that the Book of Mormon contains the fullness of the gospel, that we should be able to find these important doctrines within the pages of the Book of Mormon. And of course, that becomes problematic. When we start looking for these unique teachings, they are just not found. I recall years ago when I went out to the Mormon Miracle Pageant, I've told this story many times, I had that citation by Joseph Smith on a piece of paper on a clipboard, and I was asking Latter-day Saints, well, tell me, if I can get nearer to God by abiding by the precepts in the Book of Mormon than by any other book, what are those precepts? that Joseph Smith might have been referring to. And it was interesting because after doing that for several days, I kept hearing the same three answers. I never heard any unique teaching that the Latter-day Saints believe as opposed to what New Testament Christians believe. I never heard any of those. But the three that I heard over and over were these. It talks about faith, it talks about repentance, and it talks about baptism. And certainly the Book of Mormon does talk about those things. But yet the Bible talks about those things. The Bible has a lot to say about faith. The Bible has a lot to say about repentance and baptism, but certainly not in the same vein as the LDS Church talks about these things. Now, it could be argued that, well, it talks about these things in much greater clarity. And that is certainly an issue that we can discuss, though I don't think it does. I think it actually muddies the waters on a lot of these issues. But still, faith, repentance, and baptism are three topics that are clearly found in our Bible. And if Joseph Smith's words have any meaning, then you would think that when he says, by abiding by its precepts, the Book of Mormon precepts, than by any other book, then it's got to be teaching something that you can't find in any other book. And of course, faith, repentance, and baptism are all three found in the Bible. When we look at what the Book of Mormon actually teaches— we find that it does not go into a lot of detail regarding the many doctrines that have historically separated the LDS Church from the rest of the Christian fold. You see, a lot of what we find in the Book of Mormon, as I mentioned last week, sounds like something that a Protestant might include in a book if they maybe did not have a formal education. They might talk about, for instance, you know, salvation by grace, but then we have Joseph Smith putting in there, you're saved by grace after all you can do. Of course, that would be inconsistent with the Christian message, but probably not inconsistent with what Joseph Smith may have felt about grace at the time. It certainly does not coincide with the New Testament, and that's the problem that we have. If, in fact, as Joseph Fielding Smith said, 
that the Book of Mormon contains the fullness of the gospel, and that means the principles, the doctrines, the ordinances, you might say, that pertain to exaltation in the celestial kingdom, where are these doctrines? Now, when you hear a lot of LDS scholars talk about this, they tend to go off in this rambling of all these other subjects to try and justify the idea that even they admit it doesn't teach these unique doctrines. If so, what was Joseph Smith talking about? Now, we gave you the complete context of that statement. It's very short on page 461 of volume four of the documentary History of the Church. It's just kind of blurted out there, and that's all we know. How would that have been understood by a reader reading volume four, page 461? How is it understood by modern Latter-day Saints? I've often asked Latter-day Saints that if all I had was a copy of the Book of Mormon, and I were to believe and practice everything the Book of Mormon said, and I followed it to the letter, would I end up in the celestial kingdom? Because obviously most Latter-day Saints would admit that getting nearer to God would be in the presence of God in the celestial kingdom of God. And I've been told that absolutely I would end up in the celestial kingdom, which is odd for me because If, in fact, I would end up in the celestial kingdom, I wouldn't have even known there was a celestial kingdom to shoot for because the Book of Mormon doesn't talk about the celestial kingdom. Certainly, it does not talk about the celestial kingdom in the way it's described in modern LDS writings and in the teachings of modern LDS leaders. Bill, Orson Pratt that you cited earlier, he said, as part of the quote, the nature of the message in the Book of Mormon is such that, if true, no one can possibly be saved and rejected. Well, again, we're talking about people that lived starting 600 B.C. and going forward, the Lamanites and the Nephites and all the people that are talked about there, if that's all they had was the Book of Mormon, how could they possibly be saved if these important teachings are not clearly identified for what they're supposed to do in order to get exaltation. I guess a Latter-day Saint could argue that they have progressive revelation, and maybe they're trying to argue that the people during the Book of Mormon times had not had the revelation that had progressed to the point where Joseph Smith comes on the scene. Because we have to keep in mind, By the time Joseph Smith dies in 1844, and when he makes this comment in 1841, just about all of the modern doctrines of Mormonism as we understand it today were already put in place. There wasn't a whole lot left to talk about, except maybe the plurality of gods. And we're going to talk about that this week. But most of the things that we understand about Mormonism were already there, such as baptism for the dead and things like that. So what was Joseph Smith talking about? And I think this is perplexing. Now, maybe your Latter-day Saint friend has never thought about this before. Maybe they don't really care about this. But as a Christian, I take words seriously. And when I hear someone make a statement like this, such as the statement made by Joseph Smith, or even the statement made by Joseph Fielding Smith, and I guess I would have to add even this statement by Orson Pratt, these are serious truth claims that are being made. 
are we not allowed to examine these truth claims, check out what these words mean to them, and see if, in fact, their statements correctly match what we find and perhaps even what we do not find in the Book of Mormon? I think what this comes down to, Eric, and we've talked about this many times, when a Latter-day Saint gives their friend a copy of the Book of Mormon and makes a statement such as, if you want to know about my church, just read the Book of Mormon. It'll tell you everything you need to know. I would challenge that statement because I don't think you would know much of anything about what Latter-day Saints believe by reading the Book of Mormon. This is why we have referred to the Book of Mormon as a typical example of what we call the bait and switch. They get you to read the Book of Mormon. You see in the Book of Mormon probably not a whole lot that stands out. There's not a lot of red flags that come up as you read the book. But then you find out after you join the church, because you're going to probably join the church if you believe the Book of Mormon's true, now you're going to get the switch. You're going to be joining an organization that is going to be teaching and expecting you to believe a lot of things that the Book of Mormon never even hints of. That's the bait and switch. And why do many people join the church when they're brought the Book of Mormon? Is because they're told to do what? Pray about it to see if it's true. And so they get an emotional uh, feeling that this is a true book without really looking into the details. So what we're going to do beginning tomorrow is we're going to be looking at some of the things that the Book of Mormon does not teach. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information regarding Mormonism Research Ministry, we encourage you to visit our website at www.mrm.org, where you can request our free newsletter, Mormonism Researched. We hope you will join us again as we look at another viewpoint on Mormonism.